Tim Beers. I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk a lot about beer, soccer, and pretty much whatever else comes to mind. Which can be quite a bit. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Good, good. So uh, what's going on with you? Good question. Um, just sitting here chilling. Did a great interview earlier. Wow, there we go. Uh, did a greater interview earlier, and now we're getting ready to sample some beers and talk about some other very important subjects. Yeah, so for the listeners out there, we just uh, concluded an interview with Floyd Hayes, world famous <laughs> pot stirrer. So uh, we've got that one coming at you. Uh, listeners, if you Googled Floyd Hayes, you'd see that he is the guy that registered his beer as a service animal. And so he's been in the New York Post, uh, the Daily News, all sorts of stuff as of late. Uh, stirring it up with people, man. So, yeah. Awesome interview. So we'll get to that shortly. Uh, we got two weeks, two weeks and counting. Actually, we've got 10 days, 10 yeah, days and counting. Less than two weeks. Dark Arts. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a shit show. Yeah, Mr. Nichols uh, secured a ticket, so we'll be uh, t- like talking about dark arts and the yeah. beer selections. Um, what else we got? So McMenamin's Craft Beer, we'll be talking a little bit about that. And then the guys from Genus Brewing, um, we're playing swappity-do emails with those guys. Yeah. We're trying to secure that down. Um, so hopefully we connect with those guys soon. Yeah, that'd be that's going to be fantastic. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then we got some other stuff in the works as well. There's the uh, dog beer can people that we're working on, as well as a couple different uh, homebrew shops. Uh, doing some interviews from those and focusing on those, as well as another couple tap houses. So yes, lots coming at you guys. Whole tons. So, uh, any Timbers news before we get started? Timbers news. They're down in Costa Rica. Yes. Valeri scored a humdinger of a <laughs> set piece. That was gorgeous. So, Absolutely gorgeous. Pretty amazing. Um, still not convinced we're going to be worth anything, but uh, it's preseason. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. They're throwing a lot of money at, uh, you know, forward positions, I'm saying. Yeah, I think we have an attack. We're going to just do one thing. We're going forward, baby. That's all we're going to do is just go forward. And if they yeah. hit the ball behind us, we're hoes. We're done. We're not defending at all. We're only attacking. We're just going to depend on Chara for that. <laughs> Chara, you're the only guy back. You're Everybody else back. is going forward. Now, they got some guys in the back, but uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of money being spent up front. So. It, it, it's it's going to be a test. Kind of like every year, we always look at what the center back situation is, what our back situation is. And we think we get it short up, and two to three games in, it's not short up. Yeah, not so much. So we'll see if that happens again this year. Well, we'll see. Only so. time will tell. All right, enough Timbers news or Timbers news. Um, with that, we should jump into this interview with Floyd Hayes, and uh, we'll come back after and do a little discussion about uh, the interview with Floyd and kind of the thoughts of what was happening yeah absolutely floyd hayes hey it's jason here from the tim beers and i'm here with floyd hayes floyd is uh joining us from brooklyn and uh some of you guys may realize that floyd is the guy that uh recently registered his beer as a service animal and the story kind of went wild took off on the new york post the uh, daily news 
and international outlets as well. Um, and Floyd took quite a bit of grief, so we thought we'd invite Floyd on and hear his story and talk a little bit about beers on the East Coast, things that he sees, as well as uh, his foyer into home brewing with a Mr. Beer Kid. So welcome to the show, Floyd. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, yeah, so um, the origin of this thing, um, you know, I, I kind of work in guerrilla marketing. I run a thing called the guerrillamarketingschool.com. So I'm always sort of thinking of unusual stuff to do that might get a bit of attention here and there. And I like to do kind of quirky experiments. And um, this one came about from two different angles, really. I was on the bus going from New York City up to, um, up to the Catskills region, a place called Kingston here on the East Coast. And on the bus, they give you an announcement saying that you can't use your cell phones too loudly and you can't smoke anywhere. And then they say, you know, no alcoholic beverages. Um, apparently, it's a federal offense. And uh, then they caveat it with, unless by written permission, which I thought was really strange. And I really like the idea of just kind of enjoying a, <laughs> enjoying a beer on the bus, you know, as brazen as you like. And then if anyone said anything, you could sort of just hold up written permission from who knows where. And I just thought it was quite a, quite a strange uh, kind of thing to say. So, you know, at the same time, I was reading all the stuff about emotional support critters of various uh, stripes. And um, they were getting increasingly outlandish. I think we had a peacock uh, getting on a plane at one point. Um, a swarm of bees was the last one I saw, which I just thought was really, really funny. Now, I have to say, and I should <laughs> say this really clearly, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of people who have emotional support pets and then need those pets to feel good. You know, my, my viewpoint is if something makes you feel better about life or makes you feel happier, whatever that thing is, if it's not harming anyone, then, you know, I, I could care less. I, I, I think it's their business, you know. But um, I thought this was funny, so I followed that person's link, which I saw online, to this registration site. And it's just kind of like an automatic form that you fill in. And I thought, you know, I'm going to register a beer, an emotional support beer. And uh, I did this in kind of mid, mid-December, I think I did this. And you, you get an email back and also a response with the registration number, which looks quite official. I mean, would this stand up in a court of law in this land? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I just thought that was fun. And I have to give a shout out to Tony at Ale Street News. Uh, I don't know if you guys um, are aware of that publication. Probably all way. But, Definitely you know, follow it. Oh, great. Yeah, really, really, really good publication. It's all over the place in Brooklyn and everywhere around here. So I sent him like a sort of press release, I guess, uh, just saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. And he got straight in touch and said, this is really funny. I love it. You know, we're going to post it. And then from that, a local Brooklyn paper, Brooklyn paper, in fact, um, did a little photo shoot of me next to a bus stop holding a pint of beer. And uh, they called the MTA and said, you know, if this guy gets on the bus, what's going to be your reaction? And they got extremely short shrift from whoever they spoke to there, an unnamed source. Um, <laughs> they, they just get, like, bizarre requests every single day. Their life must be a nightmare. So I was, I was sad to add to that hassle for them. But it was a funny quote. And then from there, it went to the New York Post, and then it hit Fox News and then Vice, and then the Daily Mail, which is like the world's biggest online news source, you know, bar none, it's absolutely huge. And then from there, it just went everywhere. It was ridiculous. 
And, um, you know, when you set out to do these things, you have sort of half a mind to think, oh, this might stick, it might not. And it's not really the point. I wasn't trying to sell anything or anything of that nature. It was just, just a fun thing to do, you know. And I was just a bit, you know, just messing around, really. And I didn't expect it to be that big. It was kind of the first sort of <laughs> viral hit of January, you know. It, was, it really was quite surprising. But also really interesting, I mean, you know, from both sides of the, of the cultural divide. Uh, I hate to use that word, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, both, I irritated both sides equally. So, you know, the golden rule of these things is never read the comments, you know, but I'm, I'm too vain. I'm like, for <laughs> some reason the comments and I'm just like, oh my gosh. You know, it's just the, the sort of the fox lot and, and, and that kind of set of people who were like, you know, thinking I really had like an emotional problem you know, snowflake and all of this. I, I won't repeat it, you know, but pretty brutal <laughs> stuff. And I was like, wow, this is brutal. And then on the other side of the camp, on the sort of more liberal side, you know, it's like this guy's kind of making fun of these people that have emotional problems. This is all we need, you know, is another person, you know, and I was like, oh my God. But thankfully in the middle of this is a bunch of folks like yourselves, I suspect, um, beer people, you know, and people with a sense of humor, I guess. Um, just like, yeah, dude, you know, I think the quote I like was like, not, not all heroes wear capes, you know, there's lots of like fist bumps online, lots of Twitter kind of, right. you know, people putting thumbs up and saying this is just obviously like fun and that's super cool or should have thought of it, that kind of thing. And the marketing lot all liked it as well because it was kind of viral and stuff. So, you know, it was, it was quite a ride, but it was, it was really intense for like two solid days. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of entertaining. No one's lost an eye yet, so... <laughs> You know? so, so, so that well, was the that. beauty of it is you, you know you did it right because you insulted both sides equally. Exactly. I was, I was sort of slightly proud, but slightly, you know, not the sort of thing <laughs> I'm gonna, that my family would be particularly proud of, I'm sure. But, you know, it was meant to be fun, and a lot of people got some enjoyment from it, and that was really the whole thing. Right. So the ramp up of this thing is interesting because I think the first I saw mention of it was right around the beginning of December, like December 2nd. And then, oh. and then through December, it, I'm guessing it like looked like it ramped up, and then January it was like a hot week or a hot two weeks where everybody grabbed a hold of this story, and and the amount of vitriol that went from, as you said, both sides in the comments and how divided this story made people. And we talked a little bit about in our email exchange how polarized people are on individual topics anyway in this country, but oh, this one yeah. struck a nerve with people. Yeah, and coincidentally, the day after it was on Fox and Daily, you know, the big, the big global sites, um, there was an announcement made that they were reviewing the rules around taking emotional support animals onto planes. So I got immediately lumped in with that by a lot of people saying, oh, this is your fault. And it's like, they must have been planning this for months. It's not because I did this dumb thing yesterday, you know. It's not something that's sort of going to sway, like, governments to change it. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know, but... It's just people read headlines and they put two and two together and get six, you know? Yeah, and it's a fascinating, fascinating story. And again, Gary and I talked about the past kind of the service animal thing. I have a dog, and mm. um, and you see a lot of surface, service animals that people declare, like, this is a compassion mm-hmm. animal, or this is a seeing eye animal, or this one senses seizures. And then there's the guy that brings the iguana on, that's the service iguana, and the other person that brings the parakeet on, that's a service parakeet. And... Uh, 
but at some point the line has to stop or does it? And I thought this was an interesting test case, mm-hmm. right? Because yeast is a living organism and it is. the declaration, it is. And so the declaration that a beer is my service support animal um, and that connection to yeast is, wait a minute. No, I mean, yeast is a living organism. I mean, I can declare that as supportive as well, but somebody drew the line and then a lot of people took offense. So, I mean, again, fascinating, mm-hmm. fascinating case. Interesting thing that you did here. Sorry you got beat up on both sides. Oh, it's but, okay. Um, I mean, great story. I mean, you know, it's, it's gone back to the same thing. And I think this is, you know, obviously I'm from Britain. I've lived in Brooklyn for 16 years. I feel like I have been allowed to have a cultural viewpoint here without being disrespectful to anybody. You know, I love being here, um, you know, from raising a child here and all that good stuff. It's a great place, great people. Um, you know, but it, it's this idea of like doing things that don't bother other people. And, you know, this happens everywhere. It happens in Europe, all over the world. And people get annoyed by other people. And it's like, well, it's not doing any harm. Even if it is a peacock and it's just sitting there munching the pretzel on the plane and not bothering anyone, who cares, right? I mean, does it really matter? Like a screaming baby, it's like it's annoying, but like, you know, it leaves. You know? Yep, totally. So. Let's switch over to beer. So you're, you're a brewer at one time. We saw a famous YouTube clip that's, like, I'm sure, viral by now. So um, of you brewing off of Mr. Beer Kit, talk to us about your foyer into brewing. Ooh, uh, well, I wouldn't call it brewing, to be honest. I mean, the Mr. Beer Kit stuff <laughs> is foolproof. It, it's really fun. It was the first time I did that. It was really, really fun. It, the beer was actually super decent. I, I really enjoyed it. And it was just, you know... A, a real beer nerd's going to look at that and go, please, you know. But uh, as a casual beer fan as I am, I, I, was, I was really pleased with it. It was dead good value, super cheap, uh, great service. Everything worked really well. I was very pleased with that kit. And I highly recommend it if you, you, know, you don't have a lot of space or you're not technical or you just want to have a, a try. Something like that's perfect. You know, I've got friends who are like hardcore beer nerds and you know it gets into like heavy math and science like you wouldn't believe i mean you'll know right and it's uh, it's it's too heady for me it's too much right um you know back in the day before i got into marketing and advertising i was I, I ran lots of bars and clubs in england and um you know i was very much a fan of the cascale and uh everywhere outside of britain you know europe and america and australia kind of make fun of the brits right it's like flat <laughs> it's really warm <laughs> really strong right and there's a little truth in that, you know, but it's really, it's cellar temperature, so it's cool. Um, it's not super fizzy, but it's naturally carbonated. Um, it, so it's, it, it's flat in comparison to something that's, you know, like a Foster's or a, like a bud coming out of the tap here, you know. Uh, right. So when I moved to the States, it, was, it took me a while to get into the, the beer styles here. And this was, again, 16 years ago. So you had like Sam Adams, which was fine. You had uh, Brooklyn here in Brooklyn, which was... I really quite liked, but it took me a while to get used to the sort of slightly stronger beverages, fizzier, really cold. Um, but that really cold when it's 100 degrees out is just wonderful. You know, after the, uh, you know, following 16 years, I mean, you guys will know this more than anyone else and your listeners too, that just exploded. I mean, I don't know how many breweries are on the East Coast. There's thousands of them. Um, there's hundreds in New York City now, I think, you know, um, there's like six around my neighborhood, you know, six pony, right. other half and, you know, threes. And it just seems to be more and more and they're all really good. Um, so and, talk about what is the beer, what is the beer style you brewed with the Mr. Homebrew kit and what beer do you enjoy right now drinking? I mean, was there a particular style? 
Mm. The homebrew kit, do you know what I can't remember? <laughs> I think it was just a gold <laughs> nail. It was just a real basic beer. It might have just been a Pilsner, like a European-style lager beer. It wasn't anything complicated. It wasn't we. It was, you know, it's just like a, a Pilsner, I think. Um, what I really like, um, you know, this might sound a bit basic, but I, I really like the style. It's just kind of session IPAs here. Mm. There's, um, there's a brewery called Keegan's, which is upstate, and I like to go and visit. And they do this one called um, Bine Climber, which is a session IPA at 5%. And it's, it's, it's literally one of the best beers I've ever had. It's just gorgeous. You can drink it all day long. It's not too strong, um, mm. but it's just delicious. And they're really willful about it. They don't always brew it. There'll be years where they won't do it. <laughs> so they wouldn't make that thing again. So, you know, a session IPA around this sort of 5% mark, not much higher than that, is what I like. So I like to have like three, you know, and not fall off a stool. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm English. I like a pint as well. I don't like little, little sort of brandy glasses filled with 10% super strong double <laughs> IPAs. It's not my thing. Uh, good, good luck to you if you love that. I mean, people love that stuff. And that's, if you enjoy it, then. I love it. Enjoy yeah. it. You do, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm missing out. Maybe I'm missing out. I was at this great brewery in uh, Connecticut called Stony Creek. It's a fantastic spot if, any, if anyone's going through there at any point. And um, they had a thing called the Cranky which was like a 7% IPA. It was incredible. And they also had, um, you know, dozens of stuff on tap. And then up in Maine, I spent a little time over the summer there, and there's a place called uh, Sum. It looks like uh, S-O-M-E. Um, some brewery up there, and they seem to be everywhere, and they do like a big whoop chocolate stout thing, which is really heavy. Uh, might be metal style, but really good, really, really good. But yeah, I, I like I like quaffable session beers. I like to spend more time with people than you know, just have one or two and then head off. So <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I drink anything, man. I'm not. I mean, I'm sounding a bit like a snob with all the craft stuff. I'll have a Bud Light, you know. Actually, I won't. <laughs> I'll have a regular Bud yeah. Light. I'd much prefer a regular Bud Light, but you know, the barbecue on a hot day, there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. But, you know, Gary's in, Gary's into the seltzers these days. So uh, what do you think of that seltzer craze that's going on? John, I haven't tried any. It reminds me when yeah. I used to work in a bar when um, the Alco pop thing happened in Britain somewhere in the 90s. Yeah. And oh my gosh. You know, no. I remember Smirnoff Ice, Smirnoff Ice being yeah. the first <laughs> one that came out mainstream. And like, you know, in Britain, people are 18 when they go out and culturally it's not frowned upon at all. It's totally normal. Friday night bars will be full of 18-year-olds. In fact, they're younger, you know. Um, but it's not culturally sort of odd like it is here, but, you know. Right. And that's all they would drink is just tons of that stuff because you can't taste the alcohol and it's sugary and it's lethal. I, I hated that stuff. It made people really nasty. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it was very lethal. But people enjoyed themselves anyway, you know. But yeah, not for me. Um, and then I noticed in that, that YouTube video at, at the end when you were taking it down to the cellar, um, mm. you had that one, but there was also another Mr. Beer Keg sitting there Oh. that it sounds like you had done prior, and it, it was from the sound, if I'm remembering correctly from the clip, it was a brown ale, That's right. and then yeah. you had two bottles that were sitting behind that. So did somebody else brew those for you, or have you taken several ventures into this Mr. Beer brewing thing? You're absolutely right. You know that as amazing. It's been ages since I've seen it. Look, it's 2010. That's a decade ago. And look at the camera yeah. quality. And we're watching it now with the sound down. Um, 
Yes, right. I did two. This was the second one. The brown ale one I wanted to do because um, I'm from Newcastle in England, and obviously Newcastle brown ale is quite a well-known beer from there. Yeah, I love Newcastle. That's my go-to English beer, so. Ah, cool. Um, it's no longer made in Newcastle, of course. Um, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's made just slightly outside of the city. So people from Newcastle kind of poo-poo it a little these days. Um, but I, I, was, I was making a Catskill version of that. It was just a regular brown ale from the Mr. Beer uh, group. And oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a, that's right. Yeah. And, um, and then I poured two off into the bottle, into the bottles, and left them behind just to sort of condition in the bottles, the plastic bottles, you know. And, right. uh, and, then, and then just sort of left them a lot longer than you should do. That was something that someone else told me to do. It's like, leave them for eight, don't two weeks it says on the packet, forget it, do it for four, do it for longer if you can. And true enough, if you do that, it's, it's much, much better. It tastes, it tastes really good, yeah. I might, I might have to do that again. It's been a while since I've done one. Yeah, the nice thing about the Mr. Beer kits is you can order the cans. You just type Mr. Beer into Amazon. And you can order the can of ingredients, and they ship it right to your door, right? So as long as you've got the equipment there, boom, you're in. Or better yet, if you call Amazon, they'll just ship you the whole new package of the Mr. Beer set. So Yeah, it's, 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 it's great. I wish I'd thought of the idea. You know, it's just super simple. The cans, you just you can't really go wrong. I think the main thing that people go wrong with is sanitizing and just being yep. filthy with that. But as long as, as, long as you're on, on the case for that, then I think it's, it's very difficult to mess it up. Um, I'm not very technical. <laughs> I can mess yeah. things up quite easily, but I'm just looking at me pouring that beer now from the decade ago. It looks great. Yeah, it looks all right. Yeah. It? Terrible. No, terrible head, but... quite impressive with that. And good pull, Gary, with seeing the second one there. So let's <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you, you could actually take it to the next level and order like five or six of these and then just call them, you know, Gorilla Brewing. You could. It never ends, does it? It never ends. <laughs> yeah, it could never end. Well, Soccer, uh, specifically, because we're the Tim Beer, so obviously we're Tim Burr's fans. Not sure, sure if you're familiar with the MLS side of things. I'm guessing you're a Newcastle guy. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> I say it reluctantly. I, I don't know. You know, soccer in Newcastle, I used to run a bar that was right next to the, uh, the State Stadium, which is like, I think at the time, 70,000 people capacity. And it's right in the middle of the city center, which is quite rare. Um, and it was just, it's more than a religion there. It's just, it's so intense and it's, people take it so seriously. It kind of turned me off when I was growing up there a bit because people just really, yeah, I I mean, there's a lot of passion and love and good times to be had for sure, but there's also a dark side to it all. You know, I I grew up in the eighties, so there's a lot of football violence and just, you know, just stupidity around it. So I kind of, I got more into music and live music and comedy and things like that when I was of that age, you know, and I kind of sort of shunned the soccer. And now I come here, everyone's like, oh, you must be really into soccer. I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, in my heart, I support Newcastle United. Of course, I have to. I'm from there, you know, but I, I'm not like glued to the screen. I mean, you guys probably, probably know the game better than me, I think. How's your team doing? Well, we uh, we start here in another couple of weeks, so we didn't do it so well last year. Uh, but, yeah, we've got a couple of weeks left to go. The team's down in Costa Rica, which is fantastic. And then we'll see how it goes. But I'm a Chelsea guy on the Premier League side, and then of course the Timbers are our guys. So have, have you been, have you been to a NYCFC game or a New York Red Bulls game? Do you know what? To my shame, I haven't. I've got to go. Oh. Um, okay. 
it's one of those things, like, I, I've got a young daughter, you know, and I keep thinking, I've got to take it to one of these games. That would be a really good dad and daughter thing to do. Um, and I still haven't done it, and I will do it. Um, you know, I still haven't been at the Empire State Building. I still haven't done the Statue oh, wow. of Liberty. 16 years in, you know. <laughs> it's just like, the yeah. day, and you think, oh, I'll get around to it. And, uh, clearly, well, you're, always, you're always thinking, I can, get to, I can get to that later. The true word has never been said, you know. I, I have friends that come in from, you know, from back home and friends from, you know, West Coast, wherever, and they want to do that sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, you go and do that, and I'll meet you later because I don't want to line up for like <laughs> four or five hours to get in the Empire State and, and the rest, you know. <laughs> I'll get around to it at some point. It's kind of but different I, I when know. it's in your backyard, right? Right, exactly. And the thing is, you know, like Brooklyn's very homely. It's, it's a bit more human scale and a bit more community vibe to it maybe than Manhattan. I mean, I'm sure people in Manhattan would kill me for saying that, but that's how it feels to me. So, you know, it's like London. You end up, it's such a big place, so you end up sort of sticking in your neighborhood because it's just it's more manageable. You get to know the community. You get to know the places to go. And, you know, you get comfortable, right? You get maybe a little lazy. Well, we appreciate your time. So uh, the idea was brilliant to register the beer, regardless of what others think. I think the... Uh, <laughs> having the ability to laugh and at yourself and at process and all of that stuff, I think is super important and something that's missing in today's society. So hats oh, off my you. friend. That was Floyd Hayes. The one and only live from Brooklyn, Brooklyn of all places. Dude, that was a heck of a time difference. Yeah, it is. I, that's very gracious of him to come on at, at 10 30 at night, uh, his time to, uh, you know, be gracious enough to, to talk our slap asses at 7.30 here. Yeah, and he was a delightful interview. That so was great. Uh, wonderful dude. Uh, not much of a soccer guy with his horrid childhood <laughs> living near and working near uh, Newcastle Stadium. Right. Uh, probably from all the losses of Newcastle, I'm guessing. Yeah, but. it could be. could be. <laughs> so... Uh, if he was a Chelsea fan, he'd uh, or living near Chelsea Stadium, he would have been a fan for life. Yeah, yeah, or Liverpool. No, not Liverpool, but Chelsea. <laughs> not Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> they made a show called Finding Liverpool. Yeah, I don't think they ever found it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's just that's Jack. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, so awesome interview with Floyd. So, a little bit of homebrew experience there. Yeah. Jumping on the Mr. Beer. Nice pull on the brown ale in the background. Yeah. Made one beer. Dude's like churning out Mr. Beer kits. No, exactly. Dude's made more than one beer. He only remembers one. Maybe because he he drank so much of the other one. I don't know. What he didn't say is he's mixing the uh, brown ale that he had with the scotch, with the Jameson. Ooh. And that's why he doesn't remember how many different batches he made, right? Yeah. Yeah, those yeah. English guys, you got to yeah. watch out for them. They call them dirty brown ales. Well, let's talk a little bit about this uh, this service dog thing or the service animal. Sur- service animal. Yeah. Yeah. So, loophole in the system. Um, yes. You can essentially register anything as a service or support animal. Which, you know, I've got my opinion on it. Everybody's got their opinion on it, but... You know, Floyd had an interesting point or an interesting take on that whole thing, which was the, uh, you know, as long as that person derives enjoyment from it or or comfort from it and it's not hurting anybody else, what's the big deal? But uh, 
I kind of lean a little more the other way where you just can't have a bunch of farm animals or other animals running all over the place. Yeah, I'm I'm under the same opinion as you is that I think it's gotten kind of out of hand with people registering things. Yeah. I mean, um, there's legitimately people that need that kind of, of care or service from a, a, a care animal. There's there's no question about that. I'm not I'm not debating that whatsoever. What I'm debating are the, the people that try and take advantage of the system that they really don't need it. Yeah, it's interesting because the definition on the ADA site is a service animal is any dog that is individually trained to do work or perform tasks to the benefit of an individual with a disability, including a physical, sensory, psychiatric, intellectual, or other mental disability. Yeah. Other species of animals, whether wild or domestic, trained or untrained, are not considered service animals. Interesting. So, but... That's directly from the ADA. Yeah, so this is the ADA. Um, but moreover, he was talking about service animals, right? right. Or not service animals, compassion animals. Uh, yeah. And um, anyways, it just shows you that there's a little loophole in the thing. We know that service animals can help, especially dogs, primarily dogs, assisting people who are blind, right? So that's a non-debatable yep. like, piece. Helping people who are deaf or hard of hearing. They yep. can help with sounds. They can pull wheelchairs. They can do nonviolent protection work or rescue work. They help with uh, seizures and alert people seizures or low blood sugar. Uh, presence of allergens. I mean, all sorts of things these service animals can help with. Right. Um, and I think that's the distinguishing piece. Oh, absolutely. But he found a loophole, and I love how he just gently, like, teased about, hey, look, I mean, my beer is a living thing. And <laughs> and your iguana or your salamander that you've got uh, may give you compassion, but my beer gives me compassion. Exactly. Right. So who are you to judge my living organism when I'm maybe judging yours? Yeah. Right. So, but sounds like the government didn't take too kindly to his deal and soon <laughs> took away his poor beer, his service animals uh, certification. I think we need to do a, a march for beer. That's it. All you Mr. Beer brewers out there, we are going to march on Washington. Million Man March for Beer. Million Mr. Beer Man March. <laughs> Everybody that's used a Mr. Beer, we're meeting in D.C. We'll just call it the Million Pint March. <laughs> that's right. We're marching to get yeast. Yeast cells recognized as service animals. As service animals. That's right. Yeah. Come at me, you <laughs> people that think I'm teasing. Come at me. So, oh, well. Awesome interview, awesome guy, does not deserve some of the angst that's been pointed yeah, his way. Yeah, especially if people actually look and listen to, to why he did what he did. It was more of an experiment. It wasn't to taunt anybody. It wasn't to poke fun. It wasn't to do anything else. It was, hey, I wonder if this would work. Yep. And that they followed through. And lo and behold, it worked. If it was you or I, it would purely be out of spite. We'd be doing it just to tease somebody. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, hey, I got this idea. 
So, oh well. I mean, when he was telling that story, it reminded me a lot about how how the origination of Tim Beers came up. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, let's just see if we can pull this <laughs> let's off. Let's just see if we can do it. <laughs> Four years later, it's still going. We're still doing it's it. It's like a really bad case of syphilis. <laughs> oh, man. Just goes and goes. Oh. A lot of weeping. That's wrong on every level. <laughs> a lot of stained tissue. Yikes. And that's just from our listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, with that, thanks, Floyd. Appreciate it. Stay in touch, buddy. Uh, let us know if you're brewing. And if we head to New York, specifically Brooklyn, as we learned. Yes. Because uh, Floyd doesn't go outside of Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, you know what, though? I've got an old Army buddy that I, I keep in contact with on Facebook. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. He's from Brooklyn. Doesn't really venture outside of Brooklyn. He actually hates New York, period, now. But, no? Uh, that's a whole different story. But, yeah, kind of the same thing. Well, there you go. All right. Well, so we, what should we tackle? Dark arts? Yeah. Homebrewing or McMenamin's craft? Uh, Rochambeau. Rochambeau. Boom, boom, boom. What are you drinking? Something dark and black. <laughs> so... We cracked open Ecliptics, what they're calling a Meridian. It's a seasonal release. Huh. It's dry Irish stout with vanilla. That's a very interesting beer. Yeah, it's finished with vanilla beans. Our dry Irish stout has a smooth mouthfeel and notes of cocoa and roast. So it's a yeah, dry Irish stout with a little hint yeah. of vanilla. And, and it's a very, very subtle hint. Yeah, I don't get a ton uh, which of vanilla. Is, which is pretty impressive because... You can really, you know this, you can really have too much vanilla sometimes. What are you saying? I'm just knowing that you and I actually have both experienced this in a beer. Yeah. Well, on that same note, I uh, brewed this weekend. <laughs> so. I didn't use vanilla. No, what'd you use? Another well, another rarity. So I took an American Homebrewers Association grand champion from 2019, the Joker's number one light lager. And I made a couple twists on it. Um, a Joker's twist. Joker's twist. <laughs> so um, interesting, interesting beer. Um, I hit dead on the uh, specific gravity requirement. Oh, so, nice! Like literally dead on. <clears throat> um, which is interesting because I, I used a little bit more grain than they called for because right. I wanted to try to boost it up a little bit. Yeah. And I still only hit the specific gravity of what their of original what recipe was. But it was, in my defense, 35 outside, so trying well, to maintain yeah, mash good, temperatures. Good point. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but other than that, it was pretty much dead on. And then the other piece that I did was I added saffron. So, <laughs> that's right, I said saffron. Saffron, kids. Saffron. So, saffron I've had sitting for, what, about a year? Yeah. Maybe longer. Yeah, because you, you, were, you were talking about doing a saffron beer quite a while ago and then bought it and didn't get around to yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't lagered in uh, probably about a year. Well, since the butter beer, so it might be a couple of years. Yeah. I've been pumping out ales after ales after ales and various versions of ales. Give me that ale song. Yeah. And um, so I decided I'd go back since it's cold outside. Yeah. And I'm playing around with some lagas, and I uh, figured, why not try to lager something out? So I've got nothing but time. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, said, hey, if I'm going to lager something out, why don't I use this saffron? Saffron lager. So find something that's like low 
like hop content and yep. something I can bring out the flavor of. Let that saffron, saffron shine. So saffron, interestingly enough, is bright freaking orange yes. when you brew it up. Yeah. So, saffron is the most expensive herb or most expensive thing of that type. Pure. Like, it's, it's more expensive than gold. More by yeah. ounce. It's more expensive oh, yeah. than anything by ounce. Yeah, it's super, super pricey stuff. Yeah. You know what it is? Uh, saffron. Isn't it like the pollen off of a certain um, flower? It's like clipping the testicles off a flower. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially you're taking the stamen and somebody's hand clipping them when they're at their maximum and, ripeness. And it that window is very, very tiny. Yeah, it's like two days. Yeah. So I got this high-grade Spanish saffron that everybody talks about. And I think it was 50 bucks for a quarter ounce. <laughs> So I'm like, what harm could a quarter ounce do? Yeah, 50 bucks later. Well, 50 bucks. I mean, I'm nothing but money. I mean, I just got money yeah. coming out of me. Coming out of your, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, actually took my French roast coffee roast uh, coffee thing, press, yeah. and put some boiling water in it and then popped the uh, saffron inside of it, pressed it out, and let it just steep for about Almost 20 minutes. Kind of make like a saffron tea? Made a saffron tea. Um, came back in the house as it was sitting there doing its tea thing. Yeah. And steeping, I believe that's what the kids call it. <laughs> and the whole house smelled like saffron. I'm like, holy God. And the saffron was golden orange. And it stained the inside of my French press. Golden orange. Wow. So, yeah, it was crazy. So took that outside, poured it into the boil pot. In the last 10 minutes of the boil, and we're going to see what happens. All I know is that my beer went from smelling like hops, hoppy goodness. To saffron. To like a lot of saffron. <laughs> so here, are you going to call this beer butt chicken? Butt chicken? Butt chicken. Buttered chicken? No. I'm going to call it 02022020. Groundhog Super Bowl. It's Groundhog Super Bowl beer. Yeah. Because that's when it was brewed. It was brewed 02022020 Super Bowl Groundhog's Day. Wow. Yeah. That's a mouthful. It is. That's a long label. That is. It might even be a Scrabble label. <laughs> That'd be badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Scrabble doesn't have like numbers, but I can yeah, still make it's that. It's all right. Yeah. 02022020 Groundhog could, Super Bowl. You could uh do like, you know, Groundhog Super Bowl and then the uh, O two O two two O two O as the score underneath the letters. Oh, I could. Yeah. Yeah. That might be nice. So well, there you go. So that's my foyer into uh saffron light ale. Saffron so that kids you that'll be on the shelf sometime in April. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> look out. Could still be on the shelf in October. Could be. <laughs> I've got a couple of your abysses that'll still be on the shelf in 2050. <laughs> Dude, my abyss is drinking well. I cracked one of those on Friday. Yeah. And it's not close to being oaky. Which uh, which one? The 2019? Yeah, no, I cracked a new one. Yeah, I got to test the... It's a little bit soft on carbonation. Huh. Um, probably because it's been so cold out in the garage. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, it's... 
like not a lot of wood on it, and I mean a little bit of wood, but not a lot of wood. She said not a lot of wood. Yeah, it's got a little bit of wood. It's like me. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, good flavor. Actually, Debbie preferred it over the half abyss, half widow. So oh, and I cracked one of those too. Better than the blend, huh? Yeah, the blend's kind of funky. Like, but, um, uh, like funky how? Like funky. It's like uh, there's too much zing going on. Uh oh. There's some zingers, and it's not infected. It's just that I think it, the blend needed to be more abyss uh, and less widow. Less widow. And I went for one for one. Uh, and it should have been more like two for one, three for one type of thing. So gotcha. Yeah, but um, tasty. So I still drink it. Oh, good to hear. Wouldn't kick a beer out of my glass for eating crackers. <laughs> so. Especially saltines. Yeah. Maybe vanilla wafers, but <laughs> not saltines. Man. <laughs> so, all right. Well, not sure what's going on with our computer here. So, um, it's doing its own thing. Yeah, it is doing it. Well, the problem is I got two mice tonight, and I'm like, what the heck? So, Dark Arts is coming up. We're uh, on our way to Dark Arts here very soon, and we'll be there. Somehow, we managed to have an extra ticket. Yeah. So, uh, I know yes. we we sent the note out to the listeners saying, hey, um, anybody that needs a ticket, hook us up. Or uh, We got you hooked up. Yeah, we got you hooked up. Yeah. For the small price of whatever. Well, yeah. And so, but Tim, flat out, I know, appreciates that. So, Well, he kind of had to appreciate that. Yep. So why don't we uh, refill our glasses uh, after we finish these fine swills, and then we'll come back and talk about dark arts and some of the things that we're looking forward to at the 2020 Dark Dark Arts Arts Festival. All right, beer time. So, Gary, you uh, have been holding some beer out, man. Yeah, I've been hoarding. You've been hoarding. Yeah. So yeah. we are going to do, and we've been trying to do this for a while. Yeah. The Jubal Ale Taste Off. So wh- don't laugh too hard when you hear about the the two different years that we have. Yeah. So you've got a 2010 Jubal Ale. Yep. And a 2019. And you have a 2019. So almost a decade difference in beers here. Holy balls. How do you have a 2010 <laughs> Jubilee? Where was that thing hiding? It was hiding in my fridge. Like my actual big fridge, not the beer fridge. What? Because if it would have been in the real fridge, we both know it would have gotten, or the uh, beer fridge, it would have got annihilated. Well, so we're going to do a little taste off here of these two Jubilees. So. Yes. Those not familiar, uh, Deschutes every year about November releases Jubilee. Seems like it's getting earlier and earlier every year. It does. Year. So, um, so we have a Jubilee here from. From looking here, eleven twenty. No, it was packaged on October seventeenth, two thousand nineteen, and then a. Best if used by date of two twenty four two thousand eleven, <laughs> bottle date of two thousand ten. So, twelve fluid ounces, six point seven percent for that one, and this one is twelve fluid ounces and six point seven percent, sixty five IBU. Yeah, same ABV. Yeah, I always thought they changed the recipe. I and did all too. too so. so maybe we just uh, happened to. 
find their rotation years. Maybe, yeah. So every ten. Interesting. Hang on, I'm taking some pictures of this here for posterity. All right, well, let's crack these open, and uh, we'll go. Which one was that? Was that the uh, 19 or was that the 11? What, to tell them by the sound? Yeah. Probably the 11. 19. Really? Yeah. Sounded kind of flat. So we'll set that there. Set this here. There's go number two. Okay. Was that the 2000? No, never mind. <laughs> that was the 2010, Jason. That's right. Very pretty. Ooh, this one smells boozy or rotten. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> this could be an interesting taste test. Okay, so on my left... All right. And on my right. <laughs> Let's see if you what you think. Okay. Here, here goes me with the blind taste test side. It's probably going to make me blind after I drink it. Drum roll, please. Which one did you drink, on the left or right? That was a boozy bastard. <laughs> uh, I drank the one on the left. Well, um, it was boozy. It smelled boozy when I cracked it. It it still smells boozy. The taste on it, though, is fantastic. Mm, All right, let's try it. (sighs) Yep. I actually prefer that. Over the new one? Over the one I just drank. So if if the left was the 2010... And the right was the 2019, I would take the 2010 any day of the week. Yeah, no, the 2010 was on the left, and I agree, it's lights out better. Oh, way better. Yeah, lights out better. Um, the newer one, hoppy, malty. I wasn't impressed with this year's Jubilee. No. Um, and I had it, like, on the day that it was released, and it was like, eh. Um, but this, 2010, is fantastic for being a decade old. Isn't that nuts? It's more or less been cellared in your back of your fridge for, like, ten years. Yeah, exactly. You and Nichols like squirreling ba- beer away. <laughs> Shouldn't talk. I've got that Bruges beer, I think, still sitting there. Look. Still sitting there? Yeah. From Holy when Tim and I went smokes. to Europe. Yeah. So. That's an old beer. Yep, that's an old beer. So, uh, yeah, we got to pull that bad boy So, out when... right there's a, a, a great lesson, though, that as long as that bottle is sealed correctly... And you store it at the correct temperatures. Keep it out of the light. And you keep it out of sunlight. That's huge. That beer can mature just like a fine wine. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that beer's lights out, like you said, way better than the modern 2019 version of it. Yep. Well, yeah, it's not even close. I mean, I'd love to see the recipe difference between the two. I would, too. What's funny, though, is you sit here and you look at them side by side, and the the 2010 looks a little cloudy. Yeah. But it does not affect the taste of it whatsoever. Yeah, there's a boozy sexiness to it. So, 
Speaking of the sexy booziness, uh, Fort George Festival of Dark Arts, February 15th. We are about 10 days roughly out. We're officially uh, on the way. Yep. So, uh, Dark Arts, man, Black Friday. Tickets go on sale every year. This year they sold out in about 20 minutes. Which is insane. Yeah. And what is it? Uh, We've got about 10 months until they go on sale and... On sale again. Again, right. We've yep. been uh, trying to get in. Our buddy David uh, got us tickets, and we're going, dude. Kudos to David. Yeah, tickets are hard to come by. So, But like we said, Tim bought on the Craigslist, I believe. Hopefully they're good tickets. <laughs> I was going to say, let's hope those are legit, because it it's mind-boggling that he was even able to find somebody that needed to sell their ticket. Yep. Well, so he bought a set of two. Also not realizing this was a dude's trip. Yeah. Um, and then that whoever's going has to sleep on the floor of Sleeping a, bags and floors, baby. Sleeping on the floor of a renovated house. Yeah. So Nothing like passing out on the floor eh. in a sleeping bag. Meh. It'll bring back lots of memories. We'll be fine. We'll have a few beers when we wake up and, <laughs> and rally. Make the trip back to Astoria. <laughs> we hope <Or>. we rally. <laughs> 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 Look at this beer list. A rally's going to be rough. Yeah. Well, let's go over this beer list. Anything sticking out at you? You know, could take some stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's some stuff sticking out big time. You know so, what's sticking out on me when I look at this beer list? I'm not even going to venture a guest <laughs> on that. I got something sticking out. It's all wood, baby. Oh, God. You know what? Right off the bat, Boneyard showing me. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yeah. The, good segue, Jason. <laughs> Barrel Age Suge Knight. Rich and bold flavors of oak whiskey, molasses, and dark fruits. 13%. Ow! Hey, the one that caught my eyes from Dark Sky Brewing, and it's a barrel aged quaff. The okay. Raven is the name of it. And it's an RIS aged in Knob Creek whiskey barrels and Superstition Meadery Amante barrels and conditioned on coconut. Any any guesses to what the ABV on that is? Probably 10%. (laughs) (laughs) 15.5. Yeah. Lights out, baby. I'm running the board here. I'm going with the Double Mountain Brewing... Prince Valium Oatmeal Stout. I saw that. It brandy barrel, delicious. Yeah. Brandy barrel aged Imperial Oatmeal Stout, 12.4%. The question is, does it have Valium in it? <laughs> it doesn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Valium in a glass all by itself. Matchless Brewing is bringing back their cookie jar, which is an Imperial Chocolate Milk or Imperial Chocolate Cookie Milk Stout with vanilla and cocoa nibs. Yeah. 9%. And then you saw an awesome blend, which I pulled up here. Um, we're, at least I'm big fans of Ale Song and how they blend. They've decided to uh, do a collab with Fort George, and they're doing the Mott Gauntlet. It's a three-token, which is expensive. Yes. Bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with cinnamon, vanilla, in collaboration with Ale Song. So it sounds kind of like their rhino suit, but in a collab with Fort George. Yeah. So yeah. what else... Uh, if I can find it, you'll love this. Um, where are you at, Tiny Stout? Itsy Bitsy Stout. Oh. By Fort George. And it's a dry Irish session stout at 4.3. That's our hydrating beer right there. 
<laughs> well, and then there's our buddies over that make Deuce Juice, Three Magnets Brewing. <laughs> They're making gingerbread snapper. Snapper. Spicy and festive imperial stout with bright ginger vibes and a subtle touch of winter spice. 8.5%. Eight Ooh. Yeah. That's not so here's bad. a little juicy one for you. From one of our favorite breweries, Sun River Brewing Company. Oh. Haole at the Moon, which is a bourbon barrel aged imperial milk stout with Hawaiian chocolate, macadamia nuts, and coconut. Oh. At 12%. Jeez. (laughs) Then there's a level beer, and the guys over there doing some cutting edge stuff in Portland with rummy in my tummy. It's a rum barrel aged. Belgian Stout. Interesting. 9.5%. So. Here, here's one for you. All right. I think we just tasted one of their beers earlier tonight. Okay. Ecliptic Brewing. Okay. With a barrel-aged Sedna Tiramisu Stout. Ooh, Tiramisu. Yes. It's a pastry stout aged in whiskey barrels with notes of caramel, spice, and oak complexity. Wow. 11.5%. We got any vegans out there? Raise your hand if there's any vegans. I see none. Uh, none. But uh, Modern Times is Moving doing. On. <laughs> Modern <laughs> Times is doing Cosmic Entity Imperial Dessert Stout with chocolate malts, vegan marshmallows, coconut, and vanilla. Huh. 13.3%. Ooh, didn't you say you loved Alesmith? I love Alesmith. So here's one for you. Okay. Sap. This will be your morning beer. All right. Sapness Monster Speedway, a blend of imperial coffee stout aged in both maple syrup and Islay Scotch barrels Ooh. at thirteen percent. Fantastic. That'll get your morning started. Found. Uh, this is going to be my very last beer of the night. Uh, most most premium <laughs> bourbon barrel aged Riss. It's blacker. This is the this is the definition of it. Blacker than the uncaring hearts of the czars of Russia, <laughs> Russia, richer than their estates. Twelve point three percent. It doesn't give anything about what the beer is. Nothing it's about the like, beer. Just busting on the czars. Blacker than the czars, richer than their estates. Bitches. Crazy. So this is going to be an absolute shit show, and the plan is, I believe, we're getting down there when doors open. And then we'll... <laughs> and passing out five <laughs> minutes later. We're going to make a run for two hours. And then we're going to go nap. <laughs> a long nap. Get some food. And come back. And then we'll be back for the evening session. Yes. And then the question is, the evening session starts at like five, and the thing closes at ten. Are we able to run from five to ten? Oh, God. <laughs> that is the question. I... And then the other question Tim's going to have, because it's Tim, well, is yeah. like, I want to get my money's worth. How about I don't go home with you and I just run the table from start to finish? Oh, good. <laughs> um, we may have to pick him up at the hospital. I don't know. Uh, he's always we'll feed him to the sea lions in the Columbia. <laughs> Either that or he's going to be face down on the beach. Yeah. So. Puking. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be one of those things that it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. We're not going to be able to do this. Um, I'm just proposing this now. Okay. Um, we're not going to be able to do this Brewers Festival style at all. Why? Um, 
I'm buying forty dollars worth of tokens. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. I'm talking pace wise. Why? We're looking at <laughs> about three <laughs> times the ABV of the beers that we were having at at uh, Brewers Festival. Brewers Festival. Yeah. So. So you're saying we need more pretzels? We've got to slow it down about a third. I think, I think we up at a third, oh, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> we go into hyperdraft. Yeah, it just pass out instantly. Hey, you know who I talked to the other night, speaking of brew festivals? Who? Calls me out of the blue. I haven't talked to the guy in a year. Stevie. Not Steve. We talked to him at Brewfest. Another world-famous uh, Tim Beers listener slash Brewfest. The conductor? The conductor. Oh, yeah, so the conductor calls me and says, hey, how do you stop bleeding? Oh, God, that could not be a good way to start a conversation. I was at, like, a high school basketball game watching, and I'm like, what? And he's like, how do you stop bleeding? Like, I think I cut off the tip of my finger, and it won't stop bleeding. Oh, God. And I'm like, you think you cut off the tip of your finger, and it won't stop bleeding. Let me step out of the gymnasium. <laughs> One, how do you not know and only think that you cut off the tip of your finger? Exactly. So the story goes, he's chopping onions, and he's doing it really fast, and he takes off the edge of his finger as well as the nail. Fingernail, and yeah. Yeah, oh, and yeah. everything. And it's not just the little edge. He's like, it's halfway up to his knuckle. So he basically Holy degloved himself. Frick. Yeah, and I'm like, so he's like, do you think I can get this sewed back on? And I'm like, Maybe. Bone fuse. He's like, well, so I got the bleeding controlled, and then I was uh, decided to, like, get rid of some of the onion and, like, keep some of the onion and continue to cook. Oh, God. And then, so I can't find the piece. But moreover, <laughs> um, onions. I ripped off the 4 by 4 to see if the bleeding was under control, and it started bleeding, and now I can't get it to stop. Yeah, bad move. <laughs> the conductor. So, yeah. Yikes. Offered him a little bit of advice. You want to know what party got really worked up about? So he's like, do you think I should go to the physician? I'm like, I think you should probably go, buddy. Yeah. I'm like, they're not going to do much to, like, sew your tip on since you can't find it. But I said, the thing is, is have, when's the last time you had a tetanus shot? Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, shit. Yes. Dang it. And I'm like, well, there you go. And so what got him to go was not the tip of his finger being cut it was off. was the tetanus shot. Not the life-threatening hemorrhage from the arterial bleed that he had, <laughs> but was the tetanus shot. Oh, my God. That's the conductor. Damn conductor. <laughs> damn. <laughs> That's all I got to say is damn. Ay, 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 ay. Wowzers. So and then Debbie it turned into a whole thing. She's like, what? Is he okay? Do we need to call an ambulance? So, yeah. He's fine. Now, did he find the tip of his finger in whatever he was cooking later? I don't know. He's a <laughs> conductor. He, he's dating some gal from Denver, and he called me from the airport and said, hey, the Deschutes Brewery has Abyss on. This is like a week later. Yeah. And uh, he's like, how many should I get? And I'm like, you should drink five of them before you get on the airplane. Oh, shit. So. <laughs> so that's the last I heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why. That's the conductor. <laughs> There's some advice for you. If Jason tells you to drink five abysses before you get on an airplane, chances are you're getting arrested. Just say yes. No, just say no. <laughs> it's abyss, dude. They don't have it on all the time. I love abyss. I know you do. It's my friend. And Joshy loves abyss. Or the conductor the loves conductor. abyss. Yeah, yeah the conductor loves the abyss. But, yeah. All right. Well, so, so 
let's discuss a little bit about McMenamins. McMenamins is rolling with this Oregon Craft Brewing Month. Month, yeah. Um, and so really Zwicklemania, which happens for the Portland metro area, yeah, um, happens while we're gone on February 15th. Damn it. And then the weekend after, fast forward seven days, is the Bend area, Central Oregon Zwicklemania. Right. So um, everybody's celebrating Oregon craft beers and doing their thing. McMenamins has got kind of something cool going on in that they're really focused on, again, how do they showcase their beers and get people to come in. Yeah. And so they're taking each week of the month and showcasing beers. So you ran across something that uh, Cedar Hills is doing something special. Yeah, and it was actually pointed out uh, to me from Lauren, who we play soccer with, and we just celebrated her birthday. Um but, yeah, she pointed it out that they are doing on the 8th a basically an IPA mini beer festival, which will showcase all of the IPAs that have been brewed from all of the McMinimins. So that'll be interesting. It'll be massive. That's awesome. Yeah, it's got to be quite a few beers. So um, as I was looking at it, yeah, they're doing February 4th. First to the ninth are porters and stouts, and then I believe the week after that are IPAs, and so they're doing a showcase of beers. Each of those beers is five bucks. So for the porters and stouts, they're five bucks for this week. Nice. Uh, so yeah, kind of cool. That's kind of interesting. We were out passporting this weekend. Went down to the Hawthorne area, did some passporting, and had five dollar stouts. So you got all those knocked out? Uh, no, we still got to see the movie. So. <laughs> well, I mean, they're showing 1917. Debbie's not going to sit through 1917. What? That you, movie was supposed to be fantastic. Yeah, well, so the, here's the thing. You're going to wear a wig, and we'll take Debbie's passport, and we're going to watch 1917. Oh, shit. <laughs> Why do I always got to wear the wig? Well, because my passport looks like me. Yeah, that's my problem. Yeah. So, um, no, so. A blonde wig. <laughs> You and me. <laughs> yeah, that's going to look great. You're going to have to shave your legs again. Oh, so. shit. 1917. You and I got to go see that. We don't have to do it that way. That looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks great. But she wasn't sitting through it. So. Huh. That's too bad. And then, yeah, we still have Mission to do Clear Across Town, and that's a theater as well. Right. So, yeah. Right. Outside of that, those are our only two Portland locations left. And then what do you got after that? Seattle. Yeah, shittle. Yeah. So we got to make a trip up to Shittle, and we got to decide what we're going to do. Well, I've got a suggestion. I don't know that you and Debbie might not like it. Run around the town with our willies hanging out? Yeah, that, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, when is our away game in Seattle? Mm, I don't know. That would take some research. Yeah, I say we research that, but I, th- I think we do like a whole Summer Lake Park gang Go to Seattle Way game. Yeah. Might be fun. I think that'd be a blast. Might be fun. Um, February 10th to the 16th, fruit beer. February 17th to the 23rd, 50-50 blend week. Ooh. Frankenbeers. Frankenbeers. And February 24th to the 29th, IPAs. So Again? Yeah. Well, no, they're doing porters and stouts on the night, first of the night. McMenamins is doing February 10th to the 16th fruit beers, February 17th to the 23rd 50-50s, and the last week is IPAs. Well, see, what I don't understand, though, then, is why is the Cedar Hills Bar for McMenamins 
doing an IPA thing on the 8th. Oh, it's fascinating. Weird stuff there. Inter- they're like being rogue. They've got some other stuff popping up here. There's the St. Patrick's Day is March 17th at all locations. Ruby's birthday is March 21st. And Black Rabbit Red is April 2nd. So huh. there you go. But I don't see anything about the Cedar Hills thing. So we'll Nothing? have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see what's going on there. What the what? I think Lauren's leading you on. She just no, she's not because I found it. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, give me two seconds here and I'll find it again. Lead me on. Leading you on. I see how that is. So Never going to happen. No. There you go. Uh, internet. Explore. <laughs> IPA. Oh, there it is right there. Inaugural Cedar Hills Pub IPA Festival, February 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. It's a passport stamp if you go, kids. Ooh, look at that. And Anderson School Brewery, Concordia Brewery, Cornelius Pass Brewery, Crystal Brewery. There's a lot of breweries there from that. A lot of breweries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know what? It's on the same day. As? As a camping trip. I'm going to be camping. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Camper boy. So. All right. right. All right. I'll have to take one for the team and go drink more IPA. Well, you could finish the keg. No, I already did. Oh, yeah. That keg's gone. All right. So Genus Brewing, these dudes uh, we're trying to connect with, uh, having a hard time. So Logan, get get home from wherever you're at. We're trying to connect with you guys and do a little collab here. Um, Collab. When I was down in the Hawthorne area, I stumbled across a little memento store. Down in the bayou. Down in the bayou. (laughs) And uh, what's interesting is they've got these little knickknacks. Little knickknack tallywax. <laughs> Give a dog a bone. You gotta keep your tallywack out of your knickknack. Yeah, I don't know. And they had this deck of cards that's called the Oregon Beer Trail. Interesting. You can tell me about this. Yeah, they're illustrated playing cards by Aaron Gornloff Trotter. And so a little local artist, he travels all around. And so what he did is he has the Portland Beer Trail, and he's got the Oregon Beer Trail. Yeah. About 20 bucks for the cards, but they're all hand-illustrated. Interesting. This deck is number five of 100. Ooh, you got a good low number. Yeah, low number. So, which is kind of cool. And with that, um, I thought we would start a new deal for some interviews. Okay. And so what what I thought is there's 52, obviously, uh, breweries that are represented here. And we'll draw out of the deck a brewery that we want to get more information on and hopefully some sort of interview in the next week's podcast. So do you have the deck currently in your hand? I currently have the deck in my hand, yes. <laughs> Can I see the deck? Oh. The deck. Well, I don't have the deck in my hand. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why <laughs> I was very, very, very There's the deck. specific on pronouncing that. Easy with your hands on my deck. The deck. My deck's a little bit slippery. So, you know what would be cool? What? Is is we do that. We do what you're suggesting. We pull one. We find out who that brewery is. We see if we can get an interview with them. We do the interview. And then for everybody that actually did an interview, have you, have you seen the championship Timbers? Well, of course you have. The, the championship Timbers... Um, uh, for a better lack of word, picture that I did. Yeah. 
show with the jersey and the pictures yep. of going hanging over your couch, the scarf and everything, right? So I think you know we do one of these for 2020 of all the breweries that we did an interview with out of this deck of cards. I think so too. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I think that uh, mount, that would be fun. Mount the cards, right? So you get a double work of art out of it. Well, some of them I think we can do actual live interviews with them too. Yeah. Where we would do um, pictures holding the card at their place. At their as brewery. Well. And then some will do phone interviews with that. So Right. So I'm going to give you the honors of drawing the card out. Um, nice. My suggestion, open for debate now at this point, prior to drawing the card, is that sure. whoever draws the card has to set it up. Has to set it up. I knew that was coming. <laughs> so with that, um, Gary, draw the card. Gary, you're on. <laughs> so Dex, right there. Uh, all right. Does he go low? Does he go high? What type? What kind of drawer is he? Oh, he's Copperfield's best friend. He's drawn right from the middle of the deck. What do you got? It's kind of a riddle too, because you have no idea. Because it's just illustrated. What the? <laughs> what is it? How the hell am I supposed to know? <laughs> What's the number? Oh, I know who this is. The The tap handles are a dead giveaway for who this is going to be. So what is the card and what is the number? So it's the five of spades. Okay. And the picture I'm looking at is... Yeah! <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> if I get this right, it's going to be amazing. So the picture, the hand illustrated picture, is like a beer's view from the bar top looking back at the taps. How fitting. As well as a bunch of bottles and stuff that are behind that. And on the top of each of these taps is a pelican. Yep. With the names of the beers underneath them, such as... Fine IPA, Beak Breaker, Umbrella, or is that Umbrella? Umbrella, uh, and so and Kawanda. So my guess on this is this is Pelicans Brewery. Uh, now whether or not that's Pelican Brewery on the beach, which I would assume it would be. Or their mainstay, which we've actually done an interview at. Yeah. But, yeah. It's Pelican Brewery at 33180 Southwest Cape Kiwanda Drive in Pacific City. Fan-freaking-tastic. So, yeah, it's uh, Pelican, so that is a great one to set up. Yeah. So I got to set that up with the brewery on the beach. That's what I got to do. Yeah, you could do that. That's so. my job. So so I would say that the rules of the game is you just have to set up the interview, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be Sunday, okay. but sometime in the next, let's give it a month, we've got to have some sort of interview. So it could be an in-person interview, Ooh. or which would allow us some travel time. We talked about field trips. Yes. Or yep, yep, yep. Um, sometimes the phone works better, right? Because so. we still got to do some sand skin. We got to do some sand skiing because I've got some sand wax that needs used. You've got some sand wax, so <laughs> so with that. Uh, but it's also cold as all hell, so it's probably the wrong season to sand ski. No, that's perfect. Why? Because the sand's good and cold. Yeah, <laughs> it's not super warm. I don't know. It's freaking cold, dude. Oh, you candy ass. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so 
Well, we got the contact information, and we can hook up with our folks over there. Perfect. Um, but yeah, that's going to be fantastic. So yeah, that is that's amazing. It's the that, first one to pull that we pulled that card right off the bat. Yep. Well, perfect. You got anything else for the good of the order? I do not. All right. Well, let's close this bad boy out. A big, huge thanks to Floyd Hayes for taking your time out of this evening to talk to us. Remember, kids, register your beer as a service animal. Service animal. Um, keep the yeast alive. You got to keep it alive. Keep it alive. So It's the only way that works. And uh, for those that like to brew, use Mr. Beer. Mr. Beer kicks ass. Also, don't be afraid to hold on to a beer for nine years. True. True, 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 true. As long as it's sealed. Yeah, I think that's proof of that jubile. That jubile's pretty good. Yeah. Um, And then the only final thing I would add is, um, and this is the public announcement that Bob Barker used to use, uh, that's kind of like, don't forget to spay and neuter your cats, but it's don't forget to use saffron on your beer. So... uh, (laughs) That sounds just like spay or neuter your cats, though. (laughs) It's kind of the same thing. (laughs) With that, Tim Beers. Tim Beers. Tim Beers.